And welcome back to your Active's Agri Food Podcast. I'm Natasha Foote. And I'm Gerardo Fortuna. And we hope you all had a refreshing holiday break and we're excited to be back bringing you the latest news on all things agriculture and food in the EU. Welcome back. The EU machine is not completely up and running yet, but the agriculture ministers gathered this week in the German city of Koblenz for two days of talks which were very much focused on food labelling. And in particular, ministers showed common interest in making the indication of origin on food labelling compulsory, while Germany reiterated again its proposal for a harmonised EU-wide animal welfare label, which German minister Julia Klöckner has called for since the beginning of this year. And here are some interesting highlights uh, from the meeting. So during the meeting, ministers and their advisors were asked to share their views through a mobile application by replying to some questions, and the presidency shared the outcomes of these uh, instant polls. It's quite interesting that two out of three meeting participants believe that consumers are more interested in in a national rather than regional indication for food origin. Although the current protected geographical indication system, uh, which is uh, currently in force in the EU, highlights the regional origin of the food products. And in another poll, uh, more than half of the people in the room thought that animal health should be improved through financial incentives for farmers, while only 17% were willing to rely on labelling. Um, Agriculture Commissioner uh, Janusz Wojciechowski also made an announcement and he, he anticipated that an inception impact assessment is scheduled for this autumn to assess the potential impacts an extension of mandatory origin labelling could have on food business operators and particularly uh, farmers and consumers. So Italy is leading the group of countries in favour of a uh, compulsory origin of food labeling and 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 they're teaming up with France while on the issue of nutritional labeling as is well known the two countries are at odds with the French pushing for the color coded nutri score and Italy uh, having proposed a different scheme the, the nutrient form uh, based on a battery powered symbol other news. Protesters rallied in the German city of Koblenz this week and participants told Euractiv they were demanding sweeping farming reforms as EU agricultural ministers began two days of informal talks hosted by Germany's agricultural minister Julia Klockner. As Germany currently chairs the rotating presidency of the EU Council, Klockner is tasked with leading the negotiations on the EU agricultural reform to a political conclusion in the Council. The protest, which was organised by a German campaigning platform for sustainable agriculture, saw more than 400 European civil society organisations and more than a 1,000 people take to the streets, calling for radical changes to the EU's common agricultural policy. An outbreak of salmonella linked to Brazil nuts imported from Bolivia has been reported in several EU countries, prompting the European Commission to trigger its rapid alert system. 
According to the European Centre for Disease Control and Prevention, a multi-country cluster of infections caused by the bacteria has been identified, with suspected cases reported in the UK, France, Luxembourg, the Netherlands and also in Canada. The lion's share of the cases have been reported in the UK, where there have been 98 cases across different regions of the country. Several EU countries, including Belgium, Germany and Greece, are also listed as concerned countries, although no cases have yet been reported. Lastly, key players in the European seed sector have joined forces to urge the EU Commission to improve the bloc's intellectual property laws and mechanisms and enable an effective plant breeding sector. But there are fears that this may negatively impact small and medium-sized farmers. In a letter sent to the Commission's Digisante by the organisations last week, they called on the Executive to review the Council regulation on the protection of community plant variety rights. This was prompted by their omission from the EU Intellectual Property Roadmap by DigiGrowth. The roadmap outlines plans for the improvement of intellectual property protection laws and mechanisms in the EU, promoting its smarter use, better enforcement and fair play globally for intellectual property. But a representative from the Farmers Association, the European Coordination of Via Campesina, told Euractive that in order to cope with today's agricultural challenges, farmers must be able to reuse and select their seeds so they can adapt them to local conditions, warning that strengthening IP rights can lead to a concentration in the seed industry, which increasingly restricts the diversity of the seed supply. Here's a quick recap of August's most interesting EU agri-food news, starting with the surprising resignation of Phil Hogan, the Trade Commissioner, who was accused by his government, the Irish government, of breaching the national COVID-19 guidelines. Uh, When it comes to trade, as of the 1st of August, the EU-Vietnam Free Trade Agreement entered into force, scrapping duties on 99% of all goods traded between the two sides. For an agreement that starts bearing fruit, another one is at risk of rotting, because the Cyprus National Parliament voted down the Canada-EU FTA. The reason? The treaty will not protect adequately the Cypriot white gold, the Alumicis, according to the Cypriot MPs. And also the EU has unilaterally suspended all imports of citrus from Argentina until April 2021. So that's enough of looking back. How about what's coming up for the policy agenda in the autumn? Well, there is a number of policy items coming up on the agenda, notably the biggie, the long-delayed reform of the common agricultural policy, the staple of the bloc's farming industry and the biggest item on its budget. The debate around the EU's farming subsidy programme has been overlooked in the past few months due to the hype around the Commission's farm-to-fork strategy. But after EU leaders finally agreed to the EU's next seven-year budget, the European Parliament and the Council can now kick off negotiations to reach a final deal on the three laws forming the legislative framework of the programme. MEPs still need to agree on their negotiating position, and the final plenary vote is expected in the second half of October. Another battle brewing on the CAP debate is about the transitional arrangements for the CAP. As the CAP reform will not be concluded before the start of the 2021-2027 programming period, MEPs and member states informally developed a common understanding on interim measures based on the current rules in order to avoid EU farmers being financially exposed. 
The agreement reached on the two-year temporary scheme before the next EU farming subsidies programme starts was criticised by the EU executive. The Commission believes that a one-year common agricultural policy transition period would be better in the context of the farm-to-fork implementation and the next-generation EU, the Commission's €750 billion recovery fund aimed at reviving and transforming the bloc's economy. The Commission does not seem willing to concede on this matter, threatening to withdraw the proposal as a last-resort weapon, which MEPs took as a threat to their lawmaking independence. Something else in store for us this autumn is a focus on the German EU presidency's agri-food priorities, which, alongside cap negotiations, includes animal welfare labelling, an EU-wide nutritional label, and digitalisation to make rural areas fit for the future. Lastly, there could well be a postponement of the new organic regulation designed to ensure fair competition for farmers whilst preventing fraud and maintaining consumer trust. Lawmakers and campaigners are pushing for a one-year postponement of the application of the new organic regulation to 2022, saying that this is needed to ensure a smooth transition and allow organic operators, control bodies and competent authorities to properly get ready. An EU spokesperson told Uactive that no decisions have yet been taken regarding the postponement and reflection is still ongoing, meaning a final decision is set to be taken in the autumn. The Commission will launch a public consultation on the plan after the summer break. This week, the quote of the week comes from the Agriculture Commissioner Janusz Wojciechowski. This is the lesson from the crisis. The, uh, our um, agriculture, our farmers should be less dependent from the outside. Now to Germany, where the head of both the German Farmers Association and European Farmers Association, COPA, tried to distance themselves from the more radical farmers demonstrating outside the EU Agriculture Ministers' Conference in Koblenz. Uh, some of the protesters, indeed, uh, were carrying symbols of the rural people's movement of uh, 1929, which is associated with national socialism. The ongoing drought conditions in France have seen the wine harvest brought forward this year, already starting now instead of in mid-September. Wine growers explain that this phenomenon is due to a dry year in spring as much as in summer. In Italy, Strawberry, a model agricultural startup nearby Milan, is being currently investigated for exploitation of migrant workers. The farm was awarded in the past for its environmental sustainability, but according Italy's finance police, migrant workings there have been treated as slaves. In the UK, MPs and other parliamentarians are being urged by the public and the National Farmers Union to back British farmers ahead of a crucial four months of Brexit negotiations. This autumn will be critical for the future of the UK agricultural sector, both with the Agricultural Bill, which is returning from the House of Lords to the Commons for further scrutiny before it is passed into law, and also with the threat of a no-deal Brexit, which is looming large. Without a deal, trade between the UK and the EU will be left on World Trade Organization terms and tariffs. And this is a scenario that the National Farmers Union president, Minette Batters, has repeatedly warned would be catastrophic for Britain's growers and livestock producers. 
Lastly, in Ireland, they have appointed a new agricultural minister to replace Dara Kaleri, who resigned after attending a golf society dinner in Galway last month, which is currently being investigated for breaches of coronavirus regulations. Charlie McCollinog will now take up the baton and has no time to waste settling into his new role as he is facing a number of challenges including contending with the coronavirus pandemic, securing the long-term future of rural Ireland and also Brexit. As it becomes increasingly clear that we are not yet out of the woods of the COVID-19 pandemic, questions are increasingly turning to food security. Could the crisis compromise our access to food? And is this even a concern anymore in the EU or are we beyond this? Euractiv spoke to Maximo Torero, who's the Chief Economist and Assistant Director General for the Economic and Social Development Department at the UN Food and Agriculture Organization, to hear what he had to say about food security in the EU. So European food security today, if we look at the numbers that FAO produces, which is, for example, the prevalence of undernourishment, uh, we see that uh, food insecurity is not a problem in the European Union. There is clearly not a food shortage in the sense that we have food available that, that we need. But uh, according to the latest uh, SOFI, uh, still we have 18 million people in Europe that cannot have access to a healthy diet. And although it's a really low, low rate compared to the overall numbers, which we are looking at 690 million people in the world at the level of undernourishment, still uh, for Europe it's important to, to keep working uh, on reducing that, not only because the numbers is still important, but also because COVID-19 could exacerbate uh, the situation. Yeah, the COVID-19 crisis uh, demonstrates that even in a such highly developed areas such as the European Union, that food value chains are vulnerable with existing horizontal and vertical integration systems. What we observed at the beginning of the process was because of the lockdown, you didn't have access to the migrant labor force, which is central for the harvesting and the packaging and the processing of, of the fresh fruits and vegetables that produce in the region, in the European Union. And that created a vulnerability, which countries uh, started to look at it very, very careful. No? Uh, and why? Because if there were more restrictions prolongated, then it would have, could have had significant problems. Also, uh, the meat industry also showed to be highly dependent on low-paid contract workers from outside the EU. Uh, and the inadequate standards of accommodation uh, and living pose a high risk for COVID-19 spread. For the full interview with Maximo, where we delve deeper into the issue of food security, be sure to check out your active special podcast edition on the issue due to be published towards the end of this month. As we've heard, there were some protests in Koblenz and we contacted a representative of one of the movements demanding a new cap reform to listen their main arguments. On our radar this week, the European Food Safety Agency has launched a campaign to raise awareness and help halt the spread of African swine fever in southeast Europe this week. The campaign is aimed at countries identified as a cause for concern, which includes Croatia, Greece, North Macedonia and Serbia, amongst others. According to the August issue of the JRC Mars Bulletin on Crop Monitoring in Europe, which was published this week, the yield forecasts for almost all summer crops in the EU have been revised downwards from the July forecast, and this is due to dry conditions across the EU. Upcoming events. On the 7th of September, there is the next Agri-Committee meeting, which will take place in Brussels via video conference. On the 9th of September, there is a webinar entitled Smaller, Greener, Healthier, focusing on the future of the livestock sector in Europe and what sustainability measures will entail for animal health and welfare in livestock production. 
This week, the AgriFood podcast is produced by Euractiv's AgriFood team, Gerardo Fortuna and Natasha Food, with the technical support of Evi Chiorri. Be sure to subscribe to our newsletter so you don't miss the latest agricultural news from the EU. I'm Gerardo Fortuna, thanks for listening and see you next week. Music